Welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout, and I'm on a mission to declutter my house one disc at a time. Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout, and I have a very special episode for you all today. This is a Disc Dump first. I have not one, but two guests. I have Big John Weber and his daughter, Casey Weber, here in the house. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, doing pretty good. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Very exciting. I, uh, I think that we're going to hear some really nerdy shit today, so I hope you guys are excited about that. Uh, I have some games prepared, which is going to be weird because I haven't done that before. And uh, I just want you guys to know this is going to be a fun one. So, before we even talk about these movies, I have a question for each of you. John, would you explain your relationship with sci-fi fantasy to me and the audience? I've, I've already heard this about you, but... An example being like why you abstained from playing D and D for so long, etc. What's your relationship with fantasy stuff been your whole life? Um, I've always been a fan. Uh, it wasn't. I'm 51, so I was born in '68, and there wasn't a lot of sci-fi out there. There was uh, Star Trek and some other stuff here and there, but not a lot. And then Star Wars came out and blew my mind. Of course, I was nine when it came out and uh, loved it. And then I went for, I was into comics, and I went for anything fantasy that I could find. Uh, I started reading books and stuff, and I found The Lord of the Rings pretty early. The Hobbit maybe was first, I don't remember, but of course The Lord of the Rings. So I was a, an avid reader even at 10, 9 and 10. I was just churning through books. Once I got the bug, I totally did. Um, always been a big fan of uh, Lord of the Rings. As you said, at D&D, I learned about D&D, I think, in high school. Or, you know, I, I knew about it. <laughs> but the people that were way into D and D, it was like a, a level of nerd, like beyond, like beyond that I was willing to go at the time. Because one step farther than you. Well, yeah, um, I was interested in girls, and I could actually talk to girls sometimes. But I felt that it, I, I didn't see a lot of girls hanging around those guys, <laughs> and I was still, I could, I was also doing things like playing lacrosse and doing other and swimming and doing other stuff so so i read the books and all that stuff but i didn't go to dnd i and i know i'm also a, a kind of person that wanted to get something and in, in, into something interesting it goes all the way and i knew that i would get lost in it so i i stayed away i've actually stayed away from it for years and years and years up until the past few years where i've had time to, to do whatever i want so right on and then so it's kind of it's been a, a closet kind of thing for you most of your life no, not really. I mean, I never, never embarrassed about reading the books. I mean, I walked around with the book in my hand, even in the, in the Navy. I mean, I always had some, uh, it was like Forgotten Realms or Dragonlands or all those. I always had, a, everybody would always see Doc with a book in his hand. I was out with the Marines. If we were, had 10 minutes to wait on transport, I'd be sitting there reading a the book. You know, right. so I, I, so it's not closet. I just never actually played the game. I'm an, I'm an obsessive. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that it would completely take up my life, and that you know, by the time I was in the Navy and stuff, soon after I had a family and a career I had to worry about, so I avoided it because I obsess. I mean, I get that. What about you, Casey? You're pretty into the fantasy stuff, huh? Well, I was raised by a super nerd, so <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory. But I got into it a lot on my own as well, and. Uh, Middle school and high school. I think middle school is the first time I read uh, Lord of the Rings. It was actually The Hobbit. 
and it was a playwright of it. And then shortly after I found the graphic novel and then I read the books and when the, the movies came out, we we were there. Like mm. every single movie we watched and uh, I was really into Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, just pretty much anything nerdy. And then I love video games. I love D&D now. I got into it recently, but... It's been, it's been a welcome. lot of years of a lot of dirty things. Yes, thank you, Miles, yeah. for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I think the the first Lord of the Rings came out when we had just moved to Japan. Mm-hmm. So we oh, saw shit. we saw it on a military installation um, in Japan two months after we got there, and it was just amazing. We That's were, we were awesome. so excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always forget you guys like traveled the world and shit, and I'm over here just York, Pennsylvania, all the way. Like you guys like Lord of the Rings too, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you guys are both super into fantasy. Just on an unrelated note, like, what are you guys' favorite fantasy series? Is it Lord of the Rings? I feel like Lord of the Rings is mine. So no, I'm a I'm a Drizzt fan. Yeah. I'm a R.A. Salvatore's the the, the the Dark Elf, uh, the Forgotten Realms. Something like 38 books now, and I'm still reading them. I, I'm just a hook, light, and sinker. I actually I like a lot of them. I was fantasy stuff like um, uh, the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Jordan, the uh, Wheel of Time stuff, was really into, and of course, right before the TV series came out, I got really into the Game of Thrones stuff. Oh, that yeah. was pretty. I read those books and stuff, but I've read most of the major, even minor stuff. Uh, Lord of the Rings is the first, you know, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. There's also a, a book that was built wrote by a guy, a series called the Dark or the Iron Tower trilogy, and I guess this guy asked Tolkien if he could add to Tolkien's world, and Tolkien said, no, this is my world. So this guy, instead of continuing on, he created his own characters, but they, there's a lot of similarities, but he created his own world, and uh, that was also pretty awesome. It was one mm-hmm. of my favorites. I just read it again recently uh, at, well, on audio. I was listening to him. Pretty excellent. Right on. What about you, Casey? Uh, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Harry mainly Potter. Harry yeah. Potter. I mean, I grew I, I grew up reading every single book whenever they came awesome. out. Uh, watched all the movies. It's a big family thing. But Lord of the Rings is something I've come to appreciate it because I've probably read like at least the first two books three times each, and I'm noticing that each time I read it, I'm at a different point in my life, and it's a completely different novel. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, that's one of the reasons why I really like Lord of the Rings because every time you revisit the movies, the books. However you choose to intake your Lord of the Rings, um, it's different for me. It's always more expansive. Indeed. I, I love, like, Lord of the Rings is my favorite, but Harry Potter is probably a close second. When The reason I know how to read is because of Harry Potter. What we would do as a family is we'd all sit in a circle and pass the book down the line each chapter, and we'd read out loud to the rest of the family. And uh, it was pretty wild. But at the same time... When I tell people that, like people who don't read a lot go, oh, that's sad. I don't think a sad thing is awesome, personally, but... Yeah, we have a very similar story in our family. Mom used to read it to my sister and I probably in like 94 or 98 or something. It was, when you were it, in it was actually um, 2001 because I was in IDC, IDC okay. school mm-hmm. to be the ship stock. And uh, she was reading it and I was in the other room studying and then I overheard it and I started following it. I wasn't getting any studying done. I <laughs> kept getting closer and closer. So I tried to study while I was listening, but I was totally entranced. If there were some days I didn't come home. I actually stayed at the school overnight. When, as soon as I got home, I was like, before she started reading, I would catch up. 
because <laughs> it was so it was so amazing so well done so well written mm-hmm. oh man i love harry potter but mm-hmm. this is the fel- uh, the lord of the rings rings one here so anyway i, I wrote down some notes just to like keep me on track because we all kind of have add and get a little lost in ourselves um and have the gift of the gab and we have the gift of the gab uh i know most people haven't seen these movies as many times as we fucking have like there's <laughs> we've seen these movies so many times i'm sure Every i just time. I, I, I they seem to be like my christmas wrapping movies like the whole time i'm wrapping gifts that's what i'm watching I, so i definitely do a yearly marathon though mm-hmm. and just bring whoever will come and sit for what 10 12 hours and mm-hmm. I just watch them all yeah i mean i i'm trying to do that with the hobbit movies i'm just not as into those ones but the i definitely do that with lord of the rings i'm also noticing that my sister took the extended copies when she moved out and I just have the regular edition, and it's noticeable. It's only two and a half hours instead of three hours. Um, Since you mentioned the the Hobbit, it's like with the Hobbit movies. I love the battle scene at the end. Mm-hmm. I loved it as a kid. I loved the cartoon version of it. I loved reading it. I always thought it was a very pointless battle. It's ridiculous. It just it's it wasn't his. I mean, he improved his story making so much better when he did the Lord of the Rings because. It's a, just a total pointless battle. It just, just had to end with a battle. Yeah, it had to end, but it was just—it's—it's it's pretty ridiculous how he pulled it together and stuff. But mm. yeah, but the battle is gorgeous. The all the dwarves—I I love watching dwarves fight. They're the baddest. <laughs> um, well, for people who haven't like actually seen these movies, uh, they probably have seen the movies, but they don't necessarily know them as well as we do. I think we should each just take a take a little block to explain briefly the plot of each movie <laughs> how's that sound all right so the first movie starts with uh bilbo baggins at bag end and uh he has his giant birthday party which was his 120th 111th 111th birthday party and during the birthday party uh they had a bunch of other hobbits come uh and it, it frodo's introduced and then uh, at the end, Bilbo disappears, and then they start transitioning and showing you what the ring is, and how that, or how Gandalf comes in, and uh, uh, what the ring actually means in this world. Uh, and then uh, Bilbo takes off, and Frodo gets bequeathed the ring, and then a lot starts happening as soon as Frodo gets the ring. Uh, we go into what the, uh, the what are they called again? The... The, the guys, the ring wraiths. The ring wraiths? Yes. Yeah, that's you. nailed it. I, you I, got me. Okay. Um, the ring wraiths come for Frodo and Mary and Pippin and Sam, who are three other hobbits. And then they, they're trying to escape uh, Bag End and try to meet up with uh, Gandalf, who told him to meet at the Prancing Pony, which is a town outside of Hobbiton. And that's kind of a lot of the journey is that, and then they get to the Prancing Pony, they meet Strider, who is a ranger, um, he is old blood, one of the first, or the human uh, line in this world, and they continue on and try to get to Rivendell, which is an elf settlement, it's one of the, the last pristine locations of Middle-earth before the elves all move and leave Middle-earth. And then this is where they have the actual Fellowship of the Ring, where they decide who will go with them, which ends up being Gimli, the dwarf, Legolas, the elf, Boromir, the human, and then the four hobbits, Gandalf, and that's it, correct? Strider. Strider and Strider. Aragorn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Forever Strider for me now. 
I mean, it, Strider sticks a little more because they call him Strider. And then they take off. They have some adventures. Uh, they get chased down a couple times for the the race. Um, and then near the end, they're going through what are the mines called? Mines of Moria. Mines of Moria, which is touched on many times in his different books. And they end up awakening something, or that was awakened once, but Mary, I believe, knocked something over and reawakened both goblins and uh, this big thing. What's it called? The Balrog. Balrog. And uh, you shall not pass. And that is when Gandalf said those very important words, and uh, we believe we lost him, and it continued. Uh, they left the cave and tried to continue on, and then uh, we were left with Boromir trying to take the ring from Frodo, uh, coming to like his senses, and then Frodo taking off and leaving, with Sam chasing after him, Merry Pippin, Legolas, uh, Gimli, all fighting in a battle against the orcs, and then Merry and Pippin being taken away uh, to be believed as the hobbits that held the One Ring by Saruman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frodo and Sam take off on their own. Yeah, they go across the river on the little boat. And that's basically the first one for sure. My uh, my description for number two is much shorter. They uh, Some people find some people and they run for a while. And then there's a big old battle at the end. No, it's not really that, that simple. I do have a confession. I don't know why it's called the Two Towers. Is that weird that I don't know it's why the, it's called? Isn't it the Twin Towers? Or is it two no, towers? it's the Two Towers. But, like, okay. It, it's Saruman's tower uh, and Sauron's tower because uh, those are the two towers of power you know? and they like united against good right. people gotcha because right. I thought it was like a metaphor because Gandalf like I got your nerd back here you man. got my nerd back it's <laughs> yeah. you know how long I've wondered that and been too shy to ask people and I decided to ask people in a very public <laughs> broadcast but uh so the second one picks up they meet Gollum who is like cursed by the ring in The Hobbit and he's all deformed and shit and he's gonna take Sam and Frodo to Mordor to destroy the ring and uh, yeah I do see the two towers on that DVD box right Mm -hmm. there you know if only I was a little bit more observant I might have (laughs) drawn that conclusion but I thought it was because right okay so uh, Gandalf fell down a hole and he was fighting a big demon guy and then Gandalf basically transcends. He goes from being the gray wizard to another white wizard. And Sauron, his, like, the elder of his order or whatever, is also a white wizard. So I thought it was, like, the two heads of the wizarding order. He actually becomes the... I don't remember what he says, but it's, like, the wizard of every color. He's not the white wizard. He's the wiz- wizard of every color. So it says it in the books that his robes now shimmer... So it's kind of opalescent It still looks mm. white, but like he's ra- essentially rainbow. But the tree ant did refer to him as the white wizard. Yes, but mm-hmm. he, he was the white wizard the whole time with uh, all the other wizards. Uh, but after he took, or he started going with Saruman. He was the gray. He, he was Gandalf no, the gray. Gandalf the gray, but I'm talking about Sauron. Saruman. Saruman. He was the wizard of every color when Gandalf became uh, the the white wizard because mm-hmm. there cannot be multiples of one wizard in that mythology. Interesting. What I was trying to say. I gotcha. I gotcha. Because there's like Radagast the Brown, which mm-hmm. they bring in in the Hobbit reboots. The He's, Brothers are Blue. 
The brothers are blue? There's twin brothers, yeah. You never meet them. Not in the no. movie or in or, the book. Or in the books. They just mention them. They just mention I don't remember their names, really, but they ha- there's two brothers and they're blue. There's Gandalf the Grey and Sauron the White. And uh, they only mentioned Radagast in the books, too, right? Like, I feel like Peter Jackson made Radagast he an actual made, guy. Yeah, I, I think he did pretty good with, like, the idea of Radagast that we got, but mm-hmm. I don't think we ever really got to meet him in anything. In the books? I don't remember him being no, in the books at he all. he wasn't in the books. I, I don't remember. It's been so long. If you've seen the movie, he's the guy with bird shit on his head who has mm-hmm. a jackrabbit uh, sleigh that he runs through the woods and he's like a druid. Anyway, so uh, yeah, in the so the second one, there's a lot of people running and chasing after the orcs that have Merry and Pippin because they think they also have Frodo and Sam, but they don't. And Gandalf comes back and he's just like, hello, I'm old. And uh, he's apparently all rainbowy. And then after all that happens, they the fellowship runs down the orcs who get killed by a bunch of horse people. And the horse people, and like horsemen, not people who are like centaurs, but actual horsemen, they run down all the orcs and they figure out that Merry and Pippin are still alive and they get picked up by big old tree people. And what else happens? They uh, they go to this place where there's a king who's all decrepit and he's being in, bewitched by Sauron and Grimma Wormtongue, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that king is he has that famous line, "You have no power here." And then Gandalf saves him, and then they retreat to Helm's Deep because the orcs are coming. And then the biggest craziest battle, in my opinion, of the whole series happens which is Helm's Deep, where you really feel like, oh, hey, I think most of the main characters are about to die. And then they don't, which is cool. But that was, like, probably the most intense movie theater experience I may have ever had was that scene. I I remember, I think we were sitting in the front row, and the thing I remember distinctly was when Legolas took the shield and skateboarded down and just kept shooting. (laughs) I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, he was a badass in that one. And they, like, made a whole big point that Aragorn knew this other elf guy for him to die, uh, I don't know, six minutes later? And, like, his death was way more dramatic than some of the other characters. And it's like, I wasn't really invested in him. Thank you, though, Peter Jackson, for that. And uh, then at the very end, Sam and Frodo get captured with Gollum by some other important people. And Boromir's brother. Boromir's brother, yes. Faramir. Yes, Faramir, and his father is the marshal of... Uh, Minas Tirith. Yes. yes. That's where I just that, got That was the building. I know they yeah, can't you, hear, see it, but I should try to show you the size of the building. She's sign-languaging the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, briefly, can you describe the finale of Lord of the Rings? Pretty much two parts. One is the journey of, um, of Frodo and... Sam into Mordor. They have to go the back way, <laughs> and uh, and there's uh, uh, and of course uh, Gollum guides them in. Uh, says he's their friend, and he even thinks he's their friend for a little while. But uh, he leads them into a trap up in the mountains against the spider. And Bilbo and Sam trade the ring back and forth because it's it's taking over. Uh, did I say Bilbo? Frodo. Yeah, Frodo. Fro- Frodo uh, taking over Frodo. And then on the other side of it, they're basically trying to gather uh, uh, Strider or Aragorn is trying to bring everybody together to fight, to, to, to make their big stand against uh, Sauron. And uh, at one part, they take a they uh, take a pass and they 
basically eat meet the army of the dead and they get the army of the dead oh i totally forgot about that part they have like a crazy ghost zombie army mm -hmm. yeah and then they they apparently like during the original battle with sauron they all ta uh, turned tail and fled so they were cursed mm -hmm. under the mountain to to live forever in shame and this was he says this is your chance I'll, i will be the king and I, and I I'm, I will be the king when if we win and I will absolve you uh, of your uh, curse. Mm -hmm. And so they fought. So they helped fight. So it ever they tried to pull everybody together. So the elves were uh, this one. The elves weren't there, but no. But the bad guys had big ass crazy elephants and shit too. So yeah. it's good they had unstoppable zombie army to help them. Yeah. Right on. And then what happened? Then Frodo and Sam throw the thing in the mountain. Yeah. And then they make it to the mountain, and uh, the ring finally goes down with. Gollum. Yeah, and it, it like totally corrupted Frodo right at the end there. And at the last second, he puts his thumbs up as he's going into. Oh, that was a different movie. Sorry. As a different movie, yeah. <laughs> and then the eagles come and save them, even though the eagles could have solved all the problems the whole time, just flown over and given them a quick drop, and that would have been that. Because I don't think the eagles felt all that tempted to steal a ring. Their fingers are too big. But anyway, that's that's a lot of people. The same it. thing with the army of the dead. They just decimated everything. It's like <laughs> they, if they could have got there 20 minutes early, we'd have a whole lot more people at the yeah. party. <laughs> so, yeah, there were, some, there were some plot holes in the end of Lord of the Rings that, you know, is, can't and be it, perfect. And then the ending was 45 minutes. The 45 and minutes of everyone smiling and laughing. Ten and, different parts or something, yeah. Mm -hmm. and a lot of, like, weird homosexual tension at a couple points that it's like, all right, are we supposed to be gathering something from this? They're jumping on a bed. Okay. Uh, it's It gets really weird, but the, the end of the movie is way too drawn out. That was the one in Japan I think we were watching. And it, everybody was moaning because it kept, oh, there's more. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's more. I remember that. I enjoy it every time I watch it. <laughs> I enjoy it too, but it just the, the other thing was just too drawn out. I, I'm the kind of guy that, like, once the big battles happened and they're, like, laying on the side of the volcano and the, the eagles are coming, I'm like, all right, it's time for me to go to the bathroom and refresh my drink. And by the time I come back, they're, like, getting on the boat and going away at the end. See, the ending's the best part of a story. Sometimes. In my opinion. I love endings. I could just watch and read endings. Like, I think it's the best. It's when you get to see what happens in the future and how, like how they were affected by what happened and what they choose to do with what has happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's really when you get to see who the character is. Some of uh, Frodo's scenes were interesting at the end, <laughs> but doing some further digging into like just how they made the movies, I've done a lot of research on that lately, don't ask me why. And uh and I just it's it means a lot more to me now because it was the end of them shooting all these three movies at one time. They shot that uh, as one of the last things they could to say goodbye to Frodo when he was getting on the ship. It was just, I like the endings. I mean, I, I don't hate the endings. They did, I think the pacing of it is the problem. Like, I like the actual conclusion. It was just the pacing of the actual scenes they like a lot of the scenes they cut down to like two-thirds time like when they're jumping on the bed and so it's like this is unnecessary <laughs> like they can jump up on the bed in real time and that makes me happy enough anyway i don't know if they really jump on the bed now i'm thinking about it i don't they know do. Um, they? they do that a lot though every they time do. they're in ribbon <laughs> <laughs> pippin and uh sam doesn't jump up no it's mary and pippin mary, mary and pippin they're the ones jumping on the they're bed the jumpers Okay, so that's that's the Lord of the Rings movies in a nutshell. So, I have a game, okay? 
So here's the game. I'm going to shuffle up these cards. Uh, who wants to go first? Here's the rules of the game. You're going to get the name of a character on a card. And uh, when you read it, you don't show anybody. And you have one sentence to do an impression of the person. And the other two have to guess who it is. Can I go first? Who wants to go first? Okay. All right, Big John's going first. Need the glasses again. Pick whichever one you want. I intended there to be nine. There's only eight. So three people get to go three times. Try and sound like them, too. That's where this fun's going to come from. Yeah, all right. We'll see. <laughs> Sir, I'd be dropping no eaves. I think. Sam. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Can, do you have a better Sam? I don't know if I have a better Sam. Oh, are we supposed to try to do the no, I don't know. the same one? No, no it was just, it's just a guessing one. game. Just but, read, I don't know. There was probably other things, but that's a... That was a good one, though. That was a good one. Because it's like right when you meet him, so that's a good one to remember and buy. What, yeah. what was the potatoes song? Potatoes. That comes up later in another game. Chop them up, throw them in a stew. Mash them, boil them, put them in a stew. Yes. Okay. Pick a card, any card. Your arms aren't long enough. No. Okay. I might have the wrong one, but I believe it's this one. We've had first breakfast, but what about second breakfast? Or third breakfast? Or halvesies? Pippin. No, Mary. Pippin. It's Pippin. Pippin. Okay. What about Levensies? That's what it was, not Havensies, it's Levensies. <laughs> okay, my child. Here we go. This is my church. This one, this one. Oh, this is the one I was hoping John would get. <clears throat> you are salted pork. Gimli? Yep, nailed it. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get it. I feel like you would do a better Gimli. Give me a Gimli. I don't know. Shit. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. Nobody talks as a dwarf. A dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the elf. <laughs> Here, have a new one. I hope it's a female character. <laughs> I did notice when I was preparing this game, there is a really distinct lack of female characters oh, in these movies. Largely. There are there are three. Yeah, I have to say, there's like two main ones. And the, yeah, there one. are three, and one of them has maybe a page of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, she just glows a lot. Sam, we're going to have to go on without them. His last impression was much less in the voice. It was all in the eyes. <laughs> he, was, he was twinkling as he looked up. <laughs> Had to get into character. Yes, my precious. It's the wrong voice, but there you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at all of them. I don't yeah, know you are. You're terrible at shuffling. This. I just keep, like I'm used to like playing card games where I have to organize my hands so then I figure out okay what do I got what do I got oh you shall not pass <laughs> see it's, get off it's, maybe we should have not used lines from the movies because I don't even need you out here yeah each of you have like, one of those <laughs> you have it. no power here oh snap. I couldn't remember his name for the life of me. I don't remember. Bormer's dad, right? No. Oh, Gandalf? No. No, Bormer's dad. Isn't he the one that did You Have No Power here? No, it was What's-Her-Face's dad. It was in Rohan. Theoden. That's right. Theoden. And it was her uncle. Okay, that's right. Uncle. Uncle Theoden. Oh, hi, dog. Didn't know you were under my feet there. I could feel it. Unlimited power. 
<laughs> it's just uh, like kind of like a feminine yes. emperor. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought you were going for Phil Collins. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Galadriel. I Galadriel. <laughs> well, this game didn't go what I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Um, okay, so what else do I have? Uh, there's, I wrote, I had a confession. So there's the first game. All right, here's our second game. We pretty much have already played it, but we're, this is probably not going to go over well either. I'm going to give you a quote from the movie, and you're going to have to tell me which movie it's from. Okay. <clears throat> Never toss a dwarf. Second movie. Yes. The Twin Tower. The two towers. Twin Towers, yeah. Uh, yeah I Why'd you do this to me? I, I never. It's always in my head. <laughs> You've done. It well, never it bothered me. It came out before. around when the Twin Towers went down, so it's just stuck there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them yeah. in a stew. Third one. Turn of the King. Nope, that was the Two Towers oh, also. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because yeah. okay. they met up with. They were with. Oh, that's right. Gollum for a while. They're with Gollum for two thirds of the story, in fact. Yeah. Um, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. To Isengard. Uh, that would be either the end of the first one or the beginning of the second. Probably the end of the first. Mm, second. Beginning of the second one. Okay. And I only have one more. What about second breakfast? See, you guys already nailed all the, the quotes. That's the first one. That's definitely the first one. <laughs> anyway, so there was there was that game. Okay, now here comes the meat and potatoes of this here podcast. I have two things I've debated with people. We'll go with the easy one first. Okay, so the ring bearer is like a prophesized person. Like this, the name of the ring bearer is the person who's supposed to bring the ring to Mountain Doom and destroy it or whatever. The character that is the ring bearer is supposed to be immune from the ring's temptation. Who do you think the ring bearer is? I had a college professor tell me I was wrong. What do you think, Casey? I think it's Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And you agree yeah, too? Yeah. It was, it was, Frodo was the one carrying it, but yes, it's Sam, and he did seem to be immune to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was his like love for Frodo that he kept him from worrying about the ring because he was so worried about Frodo, I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, here comes uh, a subset of that one. Do you guys think Sam and Frodo were gay? No? No. No, Sam no. was obviously in love with the bartender. Or maid. Sorry, yeah. maid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there was some sort of... I mean, who knows what went down on Mount Doom, but... <laughs> Going down he definitely and got married to someone afterwards. Yes, that's true. But I don't know. I've heard a lot of people describe it as like two gay hobbits walk for a really long time. And that's the plot of Lord of the Rings. So I didn't know if you guys felt that way. I'm not sure either. But I, I always thought it was Frodo. And then my college professor was like, are you an idiot? It's Sam. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway, so here is another point of argument I've had with some people. Do you think that Gollum was corrupted by the ring and he had Sauron in his head? Or, yes, Sauron in his head. Or do you think that it made him schizophrenic and he had arguments with himself? I would go more on the schizophrenic thing. But it was also kind of crazy just who he was as a person. Like before, like it, just the little bits that we've glimpsed of him, bef- like when he found uh, the ring, he just, he still seems a little... I mean, all we really saw was that he was fishing. Yeah, and then he well, got then he strangled someone to death immediately after. He so. was corrupted immediately. Yeah, yeah, he was corrupted by so the So maybe he was weaker, but I don't know about the voices. It's an interesting one. 
Yeah, because, like, when he's having, like, the battles with himself, he's, like, looking into his reflection in the water, and that's, like, one persona, and his other persona is him, like, just freaking out about it. What do you think, John? Well, I, I think the, the, the ring itself is just just was just the, the pure radiance of evil just and, and made made him go to his own evil mm-hmm. uh, get in touch with his, his own evil side his own his own interests so yeah I, I, I lean towards the schizophrenic too just because like I'm into the psychology of it and stuff but I had a heated debate with this dude one time because he was an actor and he like did that for his acting class was he did like the little battle with himself and he refused to believe that there was any psychology involved in it. It was just the ring was in his head and it was Sauron and there's no if, ands, or buts. I know I'm right and you're definitely wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but I think that you're a little narrow-minded and there might be a little bit more to it. No, you are wrong. So I didn't know if that was a heated... Like I said, I think I'm in the middle of the two. You think? Yeah, it's more like the, the, the ring itself is just pure evil. So I don't know if Sauron was talking to him. He wasn't even wearing it and that seemed to be the connection. He just have, was holding it, right? Uh, well, a lot of times he was having the debate. He didn't even have the ring. Frodo had it. No, yeah. I'm saying when, when Smeagol killed yeah. his buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just holding it. He was just holding it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, so that, and apparently the, the real connection was when you put it on, that's when you had him in your head. So it's just the radi- radiation of evil. Yeah. I think it's also kind of a defense mechanism. I mean, he was tortured and he was pretty much alone for we don't know how long. For like a hundred years. Yeah, a long yeah. time. So, I mean, I can kind of see it. You try, You need to get someone to talk to. Your mm-hmm. personality kind of splits a bit. You have your good and your negative half. Because, I mean. About what choices you're going to make. Because he's basically eating orcs and goblins and stuff to survive. Raw catfish. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, at, at the same time, he wasn't, um, during, uh, like Frodo was going downhill and he was becoming... Uh, he was pushing everybody away. He was becoming like kind of got lost and somewhat a little evil, mm. a little selfish and stuff like that. And that's kind of what happened to Gollum over a much longer period of time. And even Frodo was getting corrupted by it. So, and they weren't actually wearing it, just having it on their person. So that to me, it's in the middle of wearing. And does, is that evil causing the schizophrenia? Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm just what's which comes first the chicken or the egg, but you know I yeah. think it's the the ring itself just whoever was holding it just you know a, a, except for Sam Sam was the only one that seemed to be unaffected by it. I mean, yeah, like even when he was holding it, he just seemed tired. Like it didn't seem to really bother him too much. But I feel like Frodo would have gone full Darth Vader if he had left Mount Doom with that ring at the end. Like if he would yeah. managed to get out of there, he would have definitely. Fuck some shit up. Imagine that, like the evil dark lord of all of Lord of the Rings is a hobbit. That would be. He was thinking about it at the end up until mm-hmm. he got his finger bit off. Yeah, he said no and he put the ring yeah. on right at the end. Yeah. I just watched that scene. So I will say that uh, obviously, like the hobbit just changed. I mean, opened up the world of fantasy. It, it, I guess what people used for fantasy back but before the hobbit came out was, you know, um, the Greek mythology and the North. Uh, the Norse mythology, all all the different mythologies from the different cultures and stuff like that, and that was their fantasies. Mm-hmm. And then he came and created his own world and and sort of modernized it, but you know brought brought a pure fiction, not based off of an old religion or anything like that. And I was going to mention that when we were playing when we were playing D and D together, I used the three trolls mm-hmm. that they run into. Uh, 
Or is it the hobbits ran into them? Hobbit. Well, they actually see the trolls when they're going um, in the beginning of the Lord of the Rings. They actually stop where the three trolls are turned to stone, the mm-hmm. ones that the Hobbit met. But I use those in one of our D&D games. Mm-hmm. Well, I use them as a, uh, I use kind of the same scene where they're sitting there cooking. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? Uh, what were they What were they eating? Orc? I was like, goblins. Goblins for lunch, goblins for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I use those characters uh, for uh, our big our big fight. Mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah, yeah and there, I remember being really frustrated that I was doing like eighty points of damage to them, but they only get hurt by fire, and it was bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> when my sorceress was like in the back, like behind a corner or something, <laughs> I just I remember not being able to get her into like yeah, you could, and Jerry was just like, I know why we can't kill them, but I can't kill them. It's like, you're going to tell us? I don't want a meta game. And it's like, just tell us how to get through this. I was just trying to get my fire user closest, closer to him, but for some reason I couldn't. It was my first big that. fight. It was me as a, running as a DM, my first real big fight, and that was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. When and I was... once you got the idea of it, then you guys smashed it. Oh, immediately. Yeah, and then you brought in another one. Yeah, but... a big guy, and he was gone fast, too. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the one that really messed it up. Yeah, he was far <laughs> away, so I was shooting at him from far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I remember when I was like learning how to play D&D, our friend Andrew, who taught me how to play D&D, he, uh, he was like, okay, so let me explain how D&D works with Lord of the Rings. You have your races and your classes and blah, blah, blah. So we explained dwarves and barbarians and shit. But what struck me the most is I didn't realize how superior Legolas is to everybody in the party. So it's like, he's like a level 15 character with all these level five characters. I never realized that was like such a substantial difference. He's like, and it can be like that if you play D and D and you like jump in on someone's party and they're like, oh, you can only be level five. All of a sudden, everyone else is fucking shit up and you're like fighting a hard battle against a goblin in a corner by yourself. And yeah, I don't know why that one really spoke to me as far as like this is what D and D is, guys. Anyway, and in this world, the uh, elves were immortal; they mm-hmm. lived forever. Mm-hmm. And Legolas had been alive for quite a while. It doesn't really say how long, but we just know at least two centuries. He was a mature adult male elf, which yeah. takes a long time, apparently. At least two centuries. He wasn't alive mm-hmm. for the first great battle and when they banished Sauron, but he was alive soon afterwards. And he was mm-hmm. for the Hobbit. Yeah. Right. I, I read a thing online. It might have been in that D&D group we're all in where it was like, so let me get this straight. They just kind of stop aging when they hit age 20. So you can have, you can't really tell the difference visually between them, but you can have ones that are like a thousand years old standing next to a bunch of 25 year old idiots and you just can't visually see the difference between the two. Anyway. Yeah, because my new character is the first time I'm actually playing a full elf. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a high elf too, which I haven't gotten into that yet. But I'm very excited about it. But I was also trying to figure out her age. I'm like, well, I was going to go for, like, 25. It was like, oh, well, I guess it'd be, like, 99? <laughs> like, is that her age? Like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird, but it's kind of fun trying to play a character that could potentially be alive for centuries to come. Mm-hmm. I was uh, listening to, I, I think it was the Dragon Talk or whatever I listened to, and they were talking about... You know, a lot of different books and a lot of different elves are different and different books and different storylines and humans are different and orcs are different. But 
dwarves are always, and they always have Scottish accents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every movie set up, or almost every series, mm-hmm. every everything, you know, they almost always like Scottish accents, and they're almost always the same idea. And that was, I mean, dwarves go back in history, but he pretty much created uh, Tolkien created the the, gulf, the dwarf race, and I think that's pretty cool. And it's, it hasn't changed much. Steadfast. So classic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Stubborn. The, the dwarves series. Casey, did you read any of those yet? The dwarves books, they're pretty good. I was pretty into them there for a bit. Riley and I were working on that video game for a while. I can tell you that though. Yeah, hard oh, That game God. is so. Hard. It was so much fun, mm-hmm. but it was it was almost like a shots game. Like, oh, you die, you gotta take another well, shot. I got I got the first book at home, so. And the, the books are excellent. I really enjoyed them. It, uh, by the third one, you kind of are like, all right. I think I'm done with this now, but the the first one is really good, and the majority of the second one's really good, too. Anyway, this has been Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to the disc dump. So um, are we deciding to keep it or dump it, isn't it? Oh, really? you know, yeah, you you nailed it on the head right there. Am I deciding to keep these movies or dump them? Well, let's put it this way. You have the not extended editions. Exactly. If you had the extended editions... Oh, they wouldn't go say? anywhere. Right. But these are also some old-ass DVDs, too. <laughs> like... I have The Hobbit on Blu-ray, and I have the regular, not extended Lord of the Rings DVDs. They all say widescreen edition across the top of them. Is that even a thing anymore? Not widescreen edition? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm... Okay, well, I'm going to put a little asterisk by it and say yes, because I will immediately replace them with a Blu-ray when the time comes. Preferably get a box set with all these bitches in them and sell all of them. But, yeah, that's uh, that's probably what i'm gonna do thank you for reminding me of the format of my show <laughs> <laughs> i will say that the, the i thought that the movies were phenomenally excellent mm. for uh ad- adaptation of the books they, they they almost couldn't have done any better little couple things were like tom bombadil and a couple of things mm. that i would have loved to have seen in there but didn't need to be there mm. but the, the the really couldn't have been any better in particular having new Ze- new zealand is so beautiful and the landscape is so gorgeous and that stuff is not fake it's real it's just it's amazing what they did it's incredible couldn't yeah, have been any sure. better i i really adore the movies when i read the books everything was on a so much of a smaller scale in my head hmm. so i really admire peter jackson's ability to make like to show you what 20,000 orcs looks like and oh, shit. It's they built a town amazing. so good, the town's still there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You go to New Zealand, there's a whole area. You can go to Hobbit Town, you can go to the castle, you can go to all kinds of places, yeah. That shit's awesome. And yeah. they made, like, a vow not to buy anything, to make everything from scratch. Oh, so good. They put so much attention to, Pretty incredible. to it. All right, well, I want to thank you guys for joining us for my podcast. I appreciate it. Um, When is this one going to come out? This is probably going to come out mid-January, so I do want to remind everybody that there is a giveaway still going on. What you need to do is give me a five-star review or five-star rating and give me a review and screenshot it and send it to me at discdumppod at gmail.com, D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com don't forget that little pp in there it's important and i will uh i'll ship you out one of my old mixtapes thank you guys so much and also thank you to memoria for the use of our theme song demeter off of the album daughter of the seasons it's a great album you guys should definitely check it out super heavy super hardcore and uh i hope that you guys continue to listen and enjoy this show and once again thank you john and casey
Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All Even right. though we argued like an old married couple. That's, that's all right. That's I, pro- <laughs> I probably chopped that part out. They're not going to hear that part. So, yeah. Just cut that part out, too, then. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to leave this part <laughs> in. Oh, <good. laughs> yeah, all righty. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you in two weeks.